All right, people, listen up. This is Rick Grimes. I heard a strange sound, and I sent Glenn to investigate, and it turns out it is The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast of AMC's The Walking Dead. These guys know what it's like out there. Lori, back me up. I don't know. Shane kind of likes those HHWLOD guys. Lori, I need your support. Look, Carl's watching. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Watching Dead. Uh, this week we're going to be talking about Season 2, Episode 11, entitled Judge, Jury, Executioner. Uh, I'm a little sick, I don't know if you can tell by my voice, but uh, hopefully there won't be too much sniffing and coughing and hacking. Uh, but Aaron's going to take over the recap this week. Hold on to your butts, people. <laughs> um, and I hope you liked our new intro. <laughs> <laughs> so we open up with uh, some... Oh, first of all, uh, I'd like to pimp the composer of our fantastic theme music mm-hmm. uh jim's brother's band mysteriana you can find it mysteriana music.com we link it every week in the show notes and it's badass it gets us pumped yeah they're actually going to be playing at the melody Inn they've got here some gigs here like if you're soon. local here in indy check out the website mysteriana music.com you can yep. check them out live perform we will be at one or two of those performances surely definitely yeah so uh so you if know, you want to meet us or hear my brother's music i think there's a local mat there's a local Matt from Indy? I think Indy? so, yeah. Uh, I know there's a Daniel M. from Indianapolis. We'll maybe see you guys there. Uh, anyway, starting the recap, we start with a savage beating. Yeah. Uh, I forget the guy, but the guy in Grantland that's always like just tearing into Walking Dead. I actually think he's almost unfair at this point, but he said that uh, Daryl threw some Saeed into his Sawyer mix this week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just beating people up? With torture. Yeah, I, well, he wasn't, tight, no. he wasn't putting bamboo under people's fingernails or anything. No, but he was... He, he was kicking the crap out of the guy. He was... Well, Saeed was uh, aggressively interrogating some of the others. And yeah, yeah. He I think that's what he's going interrogated for. Uh, Sawyer. Sawyer, sure. yeah. yeah. So, turnabout's fair play. Um, that's the basic dynamic opening for this, season, uh, this uh, episode. What do you think? Uh, my big question here is whether or not Randall is lying about his group. Uh I feel like he's not because he told a pretty nasty truth there. Um, or, or I feel like he's uh, – is he lying about himself as a part of this group? Yes. Is he just as deranged as these people are? Is he the rapist and the murderer that, that his group is? Yeah. Uh, that's my big question here, and I think the answer is yes. Mm-hmm. I don't think Randall's as innocent as he says. No, and I got that – uh later on well we'll talk about that a little bit later on uh can i talk about something there's a couple things i noticed here number one i don't think he could walk on that leg that's a pretty heinous wound yeah Yeah, there's a lot of people calling bullshit on this week and then when they open it up and you see this just how nasty it really is black and pus filled and it's disgusting i mean it looks like a zombie bit him, and it's been festering for days. He actually does look like – he looks mer- very much the worse for wear. Mm-hmm. I also thought that Daryl – do you think this is a sign that he's kind of come back to the group, although he does a lot of lip service about the group being broken? When he's beating this the kid, he's like, you shot at my boys? Uh, you know, talking about Rick and Glenn yeah. and Herschel. Mm-hmm. So I think he has a little bit more of a brotherhood feel than – 
Definitely. I mean, we saw him walk back into that room last episode when they were they were having the discussion about it, right? Right. About what to do with the guy. So he's definitely on board with the group, even though he thinks that they're broken. <laughs> he, he realizes the benefit. The other thing I noticed about Daryl in this scene is he throws in a few extra kicks at the end. It's like beats him a couple extra times. And to me, that felt like that was him. Like, this was immediately after he told him about the gang raping the people that they found. The kids. Yeah, Darren don't get down with that. No, and this, to me, uh, kind of indicated his remaining guilt over not finding Sophia in time. Plus, I think he just doesn't roll that way. Certainly he doesn't, yeah. yeah. But there, it, I don't know why I got that feeling, but it just felt like there was more to it. Um, do you think he's also lying about the makeup? Because it seems like some of this was to play on maybe Daryl's sympathies. It's like, you know, we got, we got uh, women and little children just like you. Mm-hmm. Plus, the guy sounds yeah. like the thing that took away a little bit of my enjoyment of the scene. Not that I enjoy getting, seeing people getting tortured, uh, but his his whole Gomer pile, <laughs> you know. Yeah, he was. I don't like know. when he, he gets beat, he's like he's like, oh, come on, man. Oh. I mean, he's like, what? <laughs> yeah. That's not a reaction you get from a Daryl level beating. Oh hell no! You Ed is the kind of thing you would get from a Daredevil beating. I right. feel like he could beat a man on the level that Shane can. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so. Anyway, um, so he says the other people rape. Oh, do we believe him? Apparently neither one of us do. Uh, cut the credits, come back. We see Rick standing there addressing the group, uh, saying we got no choice. He's a threat. We got to eliminate it. Dale immediately goes into Dale mode. Mm-hmm. You can't do this. You don't want to do this. Uh, you can't be, uh, and then, you know, Rick points out a lot of things of, you know, Hey, we don't got to judge a jury. We got to make do. And Dale comes back. Well, you can't judge him guilty by association. He's just a kid. Think about your son, what message he's given him. So what do you think about this scene? Just kind of like, this is the episode in a nutshell. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, it sets up the end, of course, where, where Carl walks in and sees his dad about to kill the guy and then Rick can't do it. Um, I throughout this whole episode, I feel like Dale has some very, very good points. Right. Except, in my opinion, they're trumped by the world they're now living in. Right. By by what has happened to civilization as they know it. And mm. and we'll get into that more when when we get to the big scene. So a lot of people have criticism for Rick and his reactions to this episode. Do you think it was unreasonable to allow Dale one day, uh, until sunset, basically to? influence the group and and get a consensus built do you think that was weak there was rick has decided the group has talked they've decided why not just kill him now take a gun in the barn and shoot him right if you're gonna do it if you made up your mind just do it right uh so i think it was a little ridiculous of him to give dale a day but dale did make a compelling point you know um like you said he at least got a what kind of messages is sending to carl at least give me a chance to convince the others but so i see why he did it but I just thought, go kill him if you've decided already. Right. And I kind of agree with you that if, if as Rick says this whole episode, this is necessary, we've got to do yeah. it, then as you, the, the leader that you're mm-hmm. trying to be and he makes a big show of like, this is me, I got to do this, I got to give you the one to kill him, uh, then you have to carry through this. You should override Dale's concern. The only this is either point. democracy or it's a dictatorship. Sure, yeah. Uh, the only other point here is he had not yet got permission from Lori. <laughs> he hadn't run it by Lori yet. so She hadn't backed him up yet. Yeah, we had, he had to wait for that. That's true. Um, so Dale, first of all, he goes to his oldest ally, Andrea. 
yep. and says, uh, I need you to guard Randall. And she's like, what? Uh, look, this guy's a threat. Um, and Dale comes back with the, Hey, keeping our humanity is a choice. You used to be a civil liberties lawyer. Uh, you know what, what's going on here. So mm-hmm. she gives him her word. And gives him some danger in the form of a gun pointed at his crotch. <laughs> like, she just leaves that gun sitting on the table pointed right at him. Apparently, Shane didn't do a very good job of range safety. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. But, um, and also I thought she mentioned that, tell me this isn't all the ammo, get, signaling mm. that they're kind of starting to run a little low. Mm-hmm. Something that she's concerned with. Something to keep in mind for a later scene. So, uh, Randall spends, understandably, every scene that he's in not getting beat. Or threatened with execution, trying to get the fuck out of here. Sure. He tries to uh, appeal to, you know, Andreas sense of humanity. Hey, can I get some water? Mm-hmm. Uh, we then see Shane puts the kibosh on that. And he comes up. He puts the kibosh <laughs> on that and then says, hey, are you back in Dale? Uh, and he's like, I tell you what, these guys are going to pussy out. What do you think about It's kind of like Dale and him are both campaigning. Yeah, I mean, Shane certainly wants to get uh, the opposite result of Dale here. Right. Um, I didn't feel like Shane was campaigning much this episode. He Obviously, there's a relationship between him and Andrea. Right. And I feel like that was just them having an honest conversation about it, you know? Yeah, and I like... Like, he mentions locking people up and taking their guns and... Or, well, Andrea mentions it, and then he doesn't say no. Well, and also, he... The other thing is that... um, I thought that she was pretty balanced because he's like, look, who do you think's behind all the problems here? And she's like, well, there's a lot of people say you are. Mm-hmm. So she's not just buying his shit wholesale. That's true. Um, I like that. And I also like the hesitations. Like, what are you going to do? Lock him up, put him in. And it's like, look, that's mm-hmm. going to get out of hand. And he's like, no, I won't let it. Like, you know, Rick's my friend. I'm not going to let anybody <laughs> get hurt. Um, mm-hmm. But interesting enough, Rick thinks Shane problem is solved. Sure. Yeah. He thinks he solved it last episode. By handing him the gun back. <laughs> yeah, that's – I don't hmm. – um, you know, later on, Daryl uh, opines that Rick is not an idiot, and I don't know if I believe that. Uh, maybe. I just think Rick – man, it's so hard to see Shane turning on him, but I feel like that's his character, you know? Like Shane just constantly thinks this is what is good for the group and it needs to be done regardless of the harm to other people. Mm-hmm. So I I don't know. At this point, I'm kind of on Shane's side a little bit. Right, right. Uh, we also see Shane warn Carl to stay the hell away from the prisoner. This grown-up yeah. stuff, let the grown-ups do it. But we see next uh, the kid in the five, ten-gallon hat sneaks up into the rafters and starts talking with the prisoner. Yeah, something creepy about Carl in this scene, right? Um, not only that, but this is where I started to really cement the idea that I thought Randall was bad. Gotcha. Now, just the way he's talking to Carl? Yeah, just like Shane pointed out, there was a, you know, like this type, this is the type of guy that will tell you anything yeah. to get you to lower your guard and take advantage of you. And that's what he really seemed to me. He seemed yeah. like, you know, more of a predator in this scene, even though mm-hmm. it's understanding why he'd want to try to escape. Oh, certainly. He's going to be killed. Yeah. Right. Uh, the, the other side of that is Carl, who I feel here is being a very curious if not a little creepy 12 year old kid he he there's something going on with the grown-ups and he wants to see what it is well and there's so like he's sneaking around he's looking into things i'm going to give him 
a lot of people really hated Carl in this episode. Really? But honestly, Carl's being a kid. If you're going to hate mm-hmm. on anybody, hate on his, his goddamn parents uh-huh. that aren't paying him a bit of attention. <laughs> sure. Even though they just lost a child in this, by not keeping her close enough. Yeah. Even though Jim fucking warned them, hey, keep your hands on your uh, kid. Yeah. You know, do not let them out of your sight, out of your grasp. Yep. That was that just happened a few days, like a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you yeah, know? in the timeline. And uh, Sophia just had, you know, died uh, less than a week or about a week ago. Mm-hmm. So I just don't understand. That's the most unrealistic and really the only problem I have in this episode. That uh, Carl yeah. keeps getting into trouble and he shouldn't be able to. You're right. Lori and Rick should be corralling him a little bit more or at least leaving with him with people who can right if they won't do it but i don't think that's a problem with with carl he's just a kid this is what Certainly. kids do this is the really cool thing i feel like this episode really shows me where they're going with carl carl is a 12 year old he's mm-hmm. very very curious as kids are uh he's trying to figure out what's going on in this world he's the only one i feel who has kind of a blank slate like everybody else has the baggage of 40 years of life right Carl has 12 years. What is that going to what is this new world going to do to this kid uh who doesn't have the old world uh morals and and uh, ethics to fall back on? Especially when he's lost his only, you know, similar age playmate. Yeah. I mean that you could kind of see them maybe holding on to their innocence together and his parents are too busy dealing with the situation to to deal with him. Right, right. So uh it ends up, uh, Carl gets busted, Shane grabs him and says, you know, would you quit trying to get yourself killed? Hell of a way to explain to a kid, this is not about getting in trouble, this is about trying to yes. save you. I think he did an awesome job. I did too. Teaching Carl there. Like, like, forget your mom and dad for a moment, we're talking yeah. about you not getting killed. Yeah. And, uh, Carl sticks his tongue out and says, not gonna, I want to go get myself killed. You think Lori would have given me. him that speech? I don't know. Lori would have said, oh, this is not about getting you in trouble. No, no. I don't know. She'd probably sat him down and make him do schoolwork. So next scene, the next stop on the Dale campaign is Daryl's camp that he's made away from the other survivors. He's busy making making arrows. Yeah, cool. Uh, So what do you think about this scene? Uh, This is where Daryl says that the group is broken, Mm -hmm. right? And he says he doesn't give a shit about what they're going to do with Randall. Mm -hmm. Um. I don't know what Daryl's future holds with this group. Because like he said, if he thinks the group is broken and he's better off on his own, he moved out to the middle of nowhere in the field to be away from them. How much longer is Daryl going to be with them? Is he even, if they leave this farm, is he even going to go with them or is he going to go off on his own? Well, the other thing is a lot of people said, why isn't Daryl the leader? And up until this point, I'm like, because he don't want to be. Yeah. We talked about this last cast. But... He mentioned uh, one of the many things that comes out in this conversation is he says, look, nobody looks to me. Rick looks to Shane. Uh huh. I almost feel like when he said that is maybe he doesn't want to be the leader, but maybe he wouldn't mind being second in command. And it's interesting with some of the final scenes we see in this episode. Right. Uh, Daryl's kind of demeanor when it comes to taking orders from Rick. Rick is like, when he can't kill Randall, he's like, get him out of here. And Daryl springs right up on his feet and is hauling the guy out right like i don't know he he kind of is the second hand man here to rick well also they let drop that and i'm glad they did because i had problems with this um dale or daryl was on to shane killing otis for a very Uh, good reason 
He's like, look, he he told this stupid story about Otis covered him, went down blazing, but then he came back to the dead guy's gun. That mm-hmm. don't add up. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's like, okay, if, well, if he went down covering you. Did he go there, back to his body and get his gun? There should be a gun missing in that scenario. Yeah. Definitely. And I thought that was, number one, it showed how smart he it was. Mm-hmm. Number two, that he's pretty discreet because he's not exactly flashing us out. And also, there's a couple meaningful looks, I thought, between Norman Reedus and uh, Shane, or Daryl and Shane, when Shane came back from the Otis scenario. Like, kind of, okay. Daryl looked at him like, what's going on here? Hmm. But he didn't say anything. Um, it's interesting, kind of. Daryl's way of figuring out that Shane is lying and Dale's way of figuring out that Shane is lying. Right. Dale is going all on feeling. Like, I don't like this guy. There's something off about him. I think he murdered Otis. Right. He doesn't ever mention that the, that he shouldn't have brought back the gun, whereas Daryl does. Daryl sees the details. He doesn't. He's not judging people based on, like, some feeling that he has about him. Right. He's, he's looking at the facts, what's happening. And I like that. Um... So next scene, I thought that was good because I showed the writers kind of wrote themselves out of a corner because that's a solid yeah. – I've been looking like where is the evidence? Where is the mm-hmm. evidence? It makes sense just like uh, Daryl said. Like Rick's no dummy. He knows this too. Yeah. So that shows how kind of Rick kind of made that statement. Definitely. He didn't want to see it, but when Lori started talking, he was like, well, yeah, I, I kind of knew this. Hmm. Uh, we go back to the Barno death where nothing <laughs> good ever happens. No. And Rick is uh, sizing up to be a gallows, and uh, Lori starts talking about how she comes in. It's getting colder. Where are they going to stay? Where are they going to stay? Rick starts talking a mess about retrofitting the barn, and then talks to about, well, yeah, I'm going to talk to Herschel about moving in the house. Anything to say about that? Well, now they've got Dale's RV they can move into, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, hindsight being 2020. Uh, yeah. They had an interesting conversation because he's like, look, I know you're against the death penalty. She seems like she would be the stereotypical liberal soccer mom, I'm guessing. Um, But now the world's different. And she says, hey, I support you. And she's worried about Shane, but Rick says that he's not going to be a problem. Yep. Uh, Anything to say about that? He's got the go ahead from Lori. Go ahead and kill this guy. But not full support. No, 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 because he asks again later. And that's what he seems like he really needs from her. Yeah. Um, let's talk about the next scene, Carl becoming the new face of atheism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this is good. Uh, did talk- you want to say? Okay, let's just I'm talk a- about it. Yeah. Uh, to me, going back again to 12-year-old in this world, this is showing me uh, how the world is affecting Carl. Carl doesn't believe this anymore. Right. Like everything the grownups are telling him turns out not to be true. Mm-hmm. They're wrong a whole lot of the time. Mm-hmm. And Carl's picking up on that. Right. And he doesn't believe in heaven. I believe, I don't think he believes in Santa Claus either. <laughs> I was going to say. Carol, you're dumb. There right. is no Santa Claus. Yeah, mom told me there's Santa Claus and no Santa Claus. She told me there's Easter Bunny, no Easter Bunny. She told me there's no zombies. <laughs> there's zombies. Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. You're all full of shit. No such thing as monsters, Carl. Don't worry. Two right. weeks later, <laughs> there's one chewing down his door. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, what do you think about Carol's reaction? Honestly, you know, I understand that's a hurtful thing. Certainly. But the kid's 12. He doesn't know what he's saying, really. And he's even younger in the comics, but he's he's twelve. He's he's depicted as about twelve years old. How do you get that mad at a goddamn twelve year old? I don't know because I was rooting Carl on for the sentiment, but not for telling it to Carol in that way. Right. I think that 
was overboard, but she went overboard too, reacting that way to a 12 year old telling her that. And I think this is part of her feeling like she's not being respected by the group. Certainly. Yeah. And that, you know, people treat me funny and they avoid me. I lost my daughter, not my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that this strikes me as like when the, you're watching a Jersey shore <laughs> and the Jersey shore cast are sitting there like, why does this happen to me? <laughs> Why did my boyfriend break up after I got herpes from a one night stand in the club? I don't get it. You know, it's like, yeah. well, stop acting crazy, crazy. Yeah, and people won't and treat think. you crazy. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not sure where Carol's, Carol, bleh, Carol. Carol's character is going now. Yeah. I kind of thought she was getting interesting and she had that kind of like weird punching bag scene with Daryl a couple uh-huh. episodes back. And I thought, yeah. Ooh, this is going to interesting places, but it seems like this character is going to ne- take another weird turn because she's like, Definitely. I want to be treated the same in the group. And then later on in the debate, she's like, I don't want to make any decisions. Mm-hmm. Why are you guys trying to talk to me? So yeah. I don't get down with characters that are wishy-washy. No. And, and maybe it did drive her a little crazy. You know, maybe this is her trying to defend her actions by saying, I lost my daughter, not my mind. Maybe she did. Maybe she's a little crazier than we think. I do think that Rick dealt with Carl pretty well. He's not... Yeah. Because I kind of think Rick leans a little bit towards the whole God doubt deal, especially in this scenario. Yeah, with conversations with Herschel, we see that, yeah. So he's not going to... He's not putting the kibosh on Carl. He's just like, Mm -hmm. look, you can't be that cruel with a grieving woman. Yeah, he didn't say he's wrong. He just says that wasn't the best way to tell it. You need to to think before you talk, and you need to apologize. (laughs) And yeah. you need to and, – and Carl starts asking about what he's going to do with the prisoner. Mm-hmm. And Rick's like, you don't need to worry about that. You need to worry about squaring it with Carl or uh, Carol. Yeah. So next stop on the campaign trail, uh, we see Herschel is trying to patch up a fence or look after some lost cows. Uh, but he quickly realizes Dale's not there to talk cattle. Yeah. yeah. And he gives the same speech. Uh, how's his reception go? Uh, Herschel doesn't give a shit. No, I <laughs> thought this is um, – this is interesting. Herschel totally backed Rick. Look, I leave the decision. Whatever Rick dis- decides to do, you know. Yeah, well, he's kind of in the same position Carol is in. Yeah, but he uh, wasn't. He wasn't giving Dale an inch. Yeah. yeah. Dale says, "Well, you know, uh, what, what do you think about the boy?" He's like, "Oh, you mean the prisoner?" Mm-hmm. I mean, th- none of Dale's tricks were working on Herschel at all. It's like, I want this guy away from my girls, and I don't want to. I don't care how. I don't want to know how. Yeah. Yeah. And it seems to me after the scene in the bar, that the whole thing that went down uh, with him, Rick, and Glenn, that he now respects Rick more as a guy who can get things done when they need to be done, you know? I mean, he he definitely sees Rick as a leader, and he's deferring to him. Well, and he thinks, like he said, I've made too many mistakes. Yeah, yeah. So he talks about the mistakes he's made um, – under no real pressure versus the decisions that Rick and like Glenn have to make during these life and death decisions. I think he has a completely different type of respect for these guys now. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else on that scene? No. Uh, next we have a scene that I've called Carl's playing in zombie land. Yeah. Um, again, who's watching this damn child? No one. Cause he wanders, wanders off to Daryl's part of the camp, steals yeah. a gun Mm-hmm. Uh, goes back to the Hundred Acre Woods and does not find Pooh, nor Tigger, nor Rabbit, <laughs> nor Eeyore, but he finds a zombie stuck knee-deep into the mud. Yep. Uh, I really like 
a lot of stuff about this scene, actually. I like Carl's curiosity as, as this 12-year-old. Uh, I think the job they did with the zombie is amazing as oh, far God. as the visual. effects and, and also the acting of that person. Mm-hmm. Spot on. Like, mm-hmm. it couldn't be creepier. Right. Uh, even the camera work there with some close-ups and uh, just disturbing. Yeah, he acted hell that zombie. I mean, he's been doing a lot of off-Broadway zombie work. Um, you know, he played the zombie King Lear in that production. Oh, yeah? Just really, you, you're watching a master at his craft. Certainly, yeah. This is the Patrick Stewart of zombies uh-huh. here. I think the Marlon Brando of zombies. I want to say, it's. The, I think this is the best, I think this is the best zombie in the show, in show history. I agree, yeah. It was certainly the creepiest. Um I mean, we'll talk I'm talking, I'm talking end, physicality but... performance, yeah. makeup, uh, acting. This is the best zombie of the series. This uh, I can get behind shirtless, that. dumb fuck zombie is the best one. <laughs> Definitely. Um, what? Uh, pretty intense scene, though. Mm-hmm. Um, do we have anything else to talk about on, on this? Uh... No, no. I mean, other than the fact that I think Carl's curiosity is going to get him killed at some point. I do if he too. Watch out! But I also think this is something that a kid's going to do. He's going to initially absolutely. freak out, but then when he realizes there's no real danger, mm-hmm. he's going to get you know ballsy and try to try to off the zombie. Mm-hmm. Um, next scene, we see Dale actually going to Shane to try to convince him to Ridiculous. change his mind. What are you thinking, Dale? Walk up. I want to change your mind. <laughs> and Shane just laughs and's like, "All right." I'd like to preach the good news of the kingdom to you. <laughs> yeah. uh, I just thought, number one, first of all, the other thing, um, do you got anything else to say about the scene? Uh, not really. I mean, it's Shane being Shane and Dale, Dale being Dale. Uh, I noticed on the second viewing that Shane is actually loading ammunition into his car, oh. into the back of his Hyundai. Mm-hmm. In the wheel well, or not in the wheel well, but the, the spare tire area yeah. underneath the trunk. Yeah. I mean, it seems to me like that he's it. he's packing away ammo, which backs up what Andrea said earlier in the episode. I think we're supposed to draw the conclusion that Shane is keeping a hidden cache mm-hmm. of ammo from the group. And not just that. He might be purposely trying to drain the group of ammo. Or he's going to just leave and take off with it because he needs mm-hmm. it more than anybody else. Possibly. Um, Try to get Andy, Andrea to grow. Uh, go with him. I'm going to blame my stumbling some, mouth on sickness. Somehow, I think that it's he's still. I don't. Know, I think Andrew feels like Plan B. Andrew's Plan B. Yeah, Shane is Plan A. Always with Shane. No, Lori and Carl are Plan A. Oh well, that's not even a plan. That's just pie in the sky. I don't think so. Thinking. I think when he's talking about, you know, he's saying locking them into a room for Andrew's benefit, but mm-hmm. I really think. Shane's playing in major mutiny. Yeah, he definitely could be. Um, So anyway, uh, that's all I got for that scene. Uh, We see Herschel up in the room with his daughter. Uh, Mm -hmm. What's her name again? Beth. Beth. Yeah. He's playing doodlebug with her. Grown ass woman. Has she gone back into a coma? Did she suffer this brain damage? This grown-ass man has no idea what doodlebug is. <laughs> Sorry, I don't have a kid, man. <laughs> I don't either. <laughs> yeah, Wait. you do. No, my knowledge of the doodlebug game rises and sets with this scene. How do you even know that this is doodlebug? Does he say it? Yes, he was, do- he right. was doing it on her wrist and saying doodlebug. Doodle- that was what he was saying. <laughs> okay, I didn't get it. I just- this woman's like in her mid-20s, is she not? I thought she was 18. Oh. Is, is my take on it. 
Okay, but did she get? Did she lose some brain function? She experienced some brain death from from yeah. being low on blood last week. Leaked from, out of her wrists. Yeah, I don't. That seemed very weird to me. I don't know, man. Uh, but basically, it sets up one of the great scenes. Um, yes. I gotta say, overall, I really dig the way the writers played things. Kind of like a light touch this episode. Definitely. Uh, for example, this scene where, uh, as, uh, where. Uh, Herschel gives Glenn the keys to his daughter's vagina. His as ass I watch. Said. Yeah, he gives her a, yet another ass watch. <laughs> yep. Uh, we number one, we we kind of get very in a, in a nice, efficient scene. The fact that Glenn is pat or Herschel's passing approval to Glenn. Yeah. And we also get a lot of nice backstory about Herschel stuff we knew already, but you know, instead of him sitting there and talking about. You know, hey, look, this is why I pawned this for a night to drink and I don't even remember. Mm-hmm. My former wife got it out for me and she's a great woman. Like, you just really get that this means a lot to him. Yeah, definitely. This was a very touching scene to me. Yeah. Uh, especially thinking about how Glenn might have handled this before his recent experiences. Mm-hmm. I think before he's he's had time to think about his relationship with Maggie and think about his life in this new world um, after he froze up last episode – or two episodes ago, um, he handles it like a man. I mean, he 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 stops for a second, and he's like, what's really going on here? And then Herschel says, you better take this before I change my mind. But he doesn't he doesn't run out of the room or scream like a girl or anything. He just says thanks. Right. Uh, now, let me ask you this. Do you think this changes Glenn's mind? Because the last we talked to him, he was not sure whether getting with Maggie is the right thing to do. Yeah. No, I certainly think it's going to push him more towards Maggie. Right. Now he feels not only responsibility to Maggie, but to Herschel as well to, to stay with Maggie, you know, Plus, protect her. the whole reason he wanted to break up with Maggie is because he froze that night and mm-hmm. he thought, thought he was a coward, where that's the whole reason that night is also the reason why Herschel is blessing him. So it's almost like I feel... That's a way to say, hey, look, Glenn, you're being a little hard on yourself. Yeah. You, and you came through this better than most people would. You came through when it counted. Yeah. And you had her backs. Uh, so, again, I, I thought this might set Glenn back onto the to the path with uh, Maggie. Definitely. Uh, so, anyway, we go back to uh, with the, uh, the scene on the porch. Um, where Rick is trying to convince Lori that he's already made the call. I'm ready to do this. It's got to be me. Then after he says all this rough, tough, am I making the right call? Oh, yeah. It's yeah. like, come on, man. Asking again. And she, she's at the point where she doesn't really care, you know? She just wants Rick to be the leader and do his thing. Like she told uh, Andrea last episode. Well, just just do do the thing that you got to do. But Lori did say, look, yeah, this is the right, you know, I mm-hmm. think she, that was a genuine moment where she kind of like silently nods that, yes, you are doing the right thing. I think she's also a little disturbed here that Rick is even asking her, though. I didn't get that yet. I think that's later on, but I... I, I think this is building to it. Oh, yeah. Certainly. It's laying the framework. But yeah. I think it's, she wasn't totally on board with the idea, but now I think this is the scene where she's convinced. Mm-hmm. Um... So it's been a minute that Carl's been down tormenting the zombie. Yeah. Several scenes, it's gotten progressively darker, 
And now the he's playing twist and shout with the zombie. Mm-hmm. Zombie twists out of the mud, and then Carl starts shouting. <laughs> yep. Um, what do you think about this scene? Oh, super cool. Um, I like that Carl thinking there's no danger goes up, and then as zombies do, he busts out of the mud and starts trying to eat you. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carl doesn't expect that, but he should have. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's just uh, there's something creepy about the way his curiosity leads him into these situations it could be dangerous right and and we saw that even back in season one where he goes into the woods and the deer's there and he gets shot mm. i mean that was carl's curiosity wow. walking up to that deer you and know? wanting to go with the boy the, the big yeah. boys yeah and the adults not willing to put boundaries on this child mm-hmm. uh yeah it's going to be interesting to see how that child grows up in this environment Definitely. I think they're really laying some cool groundwork for stuff to happen. Mm-hmm. I almost the only thing I'm worried about is this kid's going to age in dog years. That's always a problem with kids. Yeah, happening lost. Uh, He's going to be shaving next season, and then <laughs> yeah, you think they'll go with the like the uh, Bobby Draper deal, where they just keep casting a different kid every time? I don't know. There's is been, that what they did? Yeah, there's been like three different Bobby Drapers on Mad Men. Uh, but isn't he like super young? Um, well, they haven't recast Sally. You're right, they haven't. She's been on there for four years now. I don't know, She seems to almost be... I mean, I know, and there's also... The time actually elapses in the series. Yeah, but only two weeks, if we were to believe Yes, that's the thing. This is like Lost, where it's like, it's not a year... When you come back and watch it next Mm -hmm. Halloween, a year hasn't passed. Yeah. No time has actually passed. So it's like, that's... I don't know why TV shows ever cast kids, honestly. Because you know if you get a seven-year run, that kid's going to be 22 by the time you're done. I almost wonder if they're, like, taking out his blood, passing through a centrifuge, straining at all the human growth hormone, and putting it back, you know. This... Oh, God. They're, they're going to stunt this kid's growth to keep him on the show. Right. That's Handing where... him cigarettes and booze. <laughs> Half of the show's budget is going to this weird-ass occult Nazi technology. <laughs> To keep boys young. We'll see if it pays off. Yeah. Otherwise, um, uh, international incident, I'm sure. Anyway, um, where are we at? Oh, so speaking of Carl, Mr. Too Big for his muddy jeans comes rolling back up to the house just in time for the town meeting about what what to do with the uh, the Randall, the final disposition of the Randall situation. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about this scene. Okay, let's. First of all, Dale says, look, I understand it's a small group. Maybe it's just me and Glenn. Glenn uh, quickly well, says, uh, hold on a second. Well, let's talk first real quickly, because uh, it's at the beginning of the scene, about Carl coming into this house. Uh, he comes in. Does he make it in? Lor- a- Lori tells him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Lori tells him to go upstairs to his room. Mm-hmm. He rolls around the side of the room behind his dad mm-hmm. and just stands there. I, thinking, okay, if they catch me, dad's going to back me up and I'll be able to stay in this room. He's playing his parents against each other. Well, that's what kids do. Certainly, but I thought it was an awesome thing to yes. see a kid doing that. Yes, and I also, because um, I meant to write down, I watched this twice in my notes to see if Carl did stick around the whole thing. Not the whole thing, no. because made I, him go upstairs. Okay, because I forgot, I got so absorbed in the scene every time I forgot to make note of it, so I'm glad you did. Yeah. Uh, so there's a variety of suggestions here. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people point out, hey, it might be a lean winner. We could use a uh, section set of hands. But, you know, what are we actually – how are we going to do that? You can't yeah, put the a, risk there. You can't put a ball and chain. You can't let someone escort. Are you going to escort someone one-on-one with this dude? Yeah. 
uh, I thought Dale's plan was like, what say we join him? Or let's say, let's look, what if he joins us? I think they're, mm-hmm. you know, a drive outside of the city and a torture scene too late for that. But <laughs> why didn't they do that? Yeah, I don't know why that wasn't Rick's first instinct. I just saved this kid. What is going to make him turn on us? The only thing I can get is if, if Rick got the idea that this was a bad seed. Or that he's going to be so pissed that his friends died. Like, that's the other thing, right? Well, but on the other like, hand, his, you friends, friends. his friends left him high and dry. Absolutely, they did. That's the, that's the one I don't understand. It's like, okay, it seemed like this kid would be pretty easy to co-opt. You would think so, yeah. But I... Like Dale with Shane, I get a bad vibe off of this kid. Well, and, and Shane says, okay, you know, maybe, may, look, let's, what if he joins us? Maybe he's helpful, maybe he's nice. Maybe he sneaks out and brings his 30 guys with them automatic weapons and kills us all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the risk of the reward is you might have an extra set of hands to go with an extra set of mouth that you have to feed. Sure. Not a set. I don't kind think he has a, two mouths. Kind of a mouths. wash. He has the one mouth. A set of hands, one mouth. Yeah. The risk is he comes back and brings death on the entire camp. Yes. And, and worse than death. The men, you yeah. know, the men will be killed and then the women raped in that order if they're lucky. So. Yeah. Which didn't happen the last time that they killed and raped people. Right. So uh, I, I have to say, as much as I agree with what the group decides here, Dale, I, I admire Dale for his conviction. Yes. Like, he makes a very, very good case. They're going to kill this guy for a crime that he may never even commit. Mm-hmm. Okay. For what he might do. That's fine and well in in 2011 uh, normal society. We're not going to kill this kid today. In the zombie apocalypse, what, what Dale doesn't understand here is that they are reduced to cave people now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they are no, no longer a civilization. They are a nomadic tribe roaming the countryside trying to preserve their own lives. So they'll never trust another person again. They can't afford to. They really can't afford to. Because that's the thing. What's the difference now between Rick's team and the Marauders? That the fact that they don't rape people when they come across them, they just kill them? Sure. They torture, interrogate, and kill them? Mm-hmm. That's but, but it's survival of the fittest. Dale says, like, makes True. a joke about it being survival of the fittest, but it is fucking survival of the fittest. True. I'm sorry. There are... As far as they know, less than a hundred people left on this planet. But why do you think they have to preserve themselves? Why do you think that you you'd have a? It's like the prisoner dilemma. If both people cooperate, you obviously have maximum gain. Yes. But the risk of if both don't cooperate, you have like this nominal level. But if one of you cooperates and one of them betrays. Mm-hmm. Then it's maximum reward for, for the guy who, and it's maximum risk and punishment for the other guy. So yeah. you've got this scenario where everyone's always going to not trust and not cooperate, even though if they did, the results could be spectacular. Sure, sure. I don't know. I, I hear what Man, you're saying. Well, but that that is that is history at its finest, right? Every the only way that people spread is to increase the size of their tribe and go conquer other places, mm-hmm. other peoples. That's just how it goes. I mean, you can't afford to trust people unless unless you have some piece of leverage, you know, that you could use against them. But they have nothing on this guy. Hmm. I don't know. That's the way I see it. And Z- Zombie Apocalypse sets everything back. 
Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like that there's gonna they have to learn how to trust somebody some some point because we're gonna have to, we're losing cast members. We're not getting any more. We have to introduce new guys into the certainly. Yeah, for for television's sake, you need to have new people come in every pl- once in a while. Plus, when do they decide this? Because uh, this band of survivors is a bunch of ragtag groups that join together outside of Georgia for mutual benefit. Yeah. And Herschel, if Herschel held to this standard, he would invite everybody in and massacred them. Well, I, I think what's happening is you're seeing it sink in. I mean, a character like Rick, the way he's changing, you're seeing the civilization being washed away, washed well, off of him. Well, even Dale said, look, you said we won't, we don't kill the living. And Rick said, well, that's before the living tried to kill us. So, yeah. yeah, you got, that is a watershed moment. I, I really think so, yeah. And, and I think it's, we'll talk about this in Dale's death scene, but I think it's, amazing what they did with that character in this world um so carol speaks out uh and basically abdicates her responsibility so this Mm. makes me annoyed with her because she's just talking about how people don't listen to her don't talk to her and now she's like why are you doing this i don't want this yeah don't count me into the vote so uh dale loudly proclaims that this new world is a bullshit crap sack world that i don't even want to live in Mm. and uh, I forget who pointed out. Maybe uh, Seppenwald did. He goes, people, characters have a way of pointing that out, don't have a way of dying very soon after. <laughs> yeah, they do. No exception to this. I got to say, at least an Oscar nomination for Jeffrey DeMunn here. You mean a uh, Golden Globe? Oh, yes. Yeah, this is television, okay. yeah. Uh, fantastic acting from this guy in I this episode. Yes, I, I don't know that he'll get a nod for it because there's so much good work being done. But Certainly, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's right up there. And uh, you know, he's begging the group at this point. Let's just do what's right. I thought it was interesting that Andrea stood up and backed him. Do you think? Yeah, she did. Do you think that's because? Why do you think she did that? Uh, I think it's a combination of things. I think one, uh, his point about killing a guy for a crime he may never even commit sunk in a little bit. I think she's a little worried about what Shane is trying to do. And she's like, oh, well, I don't know. Shane, do I agree with Shane on everything here? Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you think? I thought, I don't know, because who can know what's going on in her mind? Sure. But I think that she saw, part of me wants to say that she wanted Randall dead, or she thought that's the way to go. Yeah. But she felt so pity, pitiful for Dale and his feelings for the group that she decided to throw her hat on him, knowing that that would, mm, knowing that that would have anything. zero effect. Maybe. Um, so she, you know, is loyal enough to him and cares enough about him that she, he didn't, she just wanted him to see him standing alone and feeling like he was the only one with heart. Hmm. Uh, but part of it yeah, might be that. also that, you know, like he said, it's like you were a civil defense lawyer. Uh, or yeah. at least that's what they say. And, uh, I think that speech was so good that he changed, maybe changed her mind. Maybe. I don't know. Too bad he got killed. He would have had a future in law <laughs> defense. <laughs> so uh, next thing, uh, he walks out and says, you're right. He grabs Daryl and says, you're right. This group is broken, mm-hmm. uh, which weird because the group seems to be unified except for Dale. Yeah. And he says uh, he's not going to be party of it. So he's going to go walk the earth. Uh, can I say there, we really should have gotten at least one line from T-Dog in this scene. I mean, the camera sits on him. Yeah. He doesn't even put his two cents in. And that's, he's the one person, even friggin' Carol gets her say in. He's the one person uh-huh. that Dale didn't bother to go and talk to. 
and who hasn't had a line in the whole season practically. Right. You know, what the hell? Right. I feel bad for you, T-Dog. I mean, why couldn't he say, T-Dog, you wanted to go back. You wanted to give Merle mm, yeah. a second chance. You want to risk your life to save that vile ra- Good you, point. I don't know, man. It's almost like irony did something wrong. <laughs> and they were punishing him with no yes. lines. Yes. <laughs> Maybe. He's in the, they're, they're playing the, the, the quiet game with him. <laughs> Whoever stays quiet the longest gets $5. <laughs> Uh, so next scene, we see the, the, this decisive men of action in a group, namely, mm-hmm. uh, Rick, Shane, and Daryl escorting the prisoner to the barn of death <laughs> and Shane, you know, saying, Hey, look, it's going to be over soon. Relax. And Rick's, you know, standard Neil, he seems like he's trying to put this off standard Neil, uh, response blubber. So <laughs> kick him to his knees. Uh, mm-hmm. last words, response blubber. All right, cock a pistol. He waits and waits, and Shane's like, you know, yeah, do it, man. Do mm-hmm. it. And again, since no one's watching Carl while there's killing being mm-hmm. done on the farm, he stumbles <laughs> on his side and says, do it, Dad. Yep. You pussy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, of course, there's no way he can. I mean, he can't murder a dude in front of his child. No. And not- now, if he gets murdered, if Randall gets murdered... Yeah, what's Carl going to think? Carl's going to think that Rick gave the okay for it. So can they even kill him at all now? Will Rick even let that happen? Well, let's talk about this because in a matter of five seconds, you got to see a bunch of different reactions. Mm-hmm. Daryl reaction. Uh, to what? To Rick breaking down and saying, take him away. Oh, Daryl's reaction was like, what? The- oh, okay. <laughs> but he, he did it. He backed he Rick. Yeah. That's what I mean. He's like his right-hand man now. Uh, Shane reaction. I didn't see Shane's reaction. Did you get it? He was super pissed. He slammed the bar, the barn door, oh, the, the right. death door open. Uh, as as I would expect from Shane. So I, I said Shane is furious. Carl is what? Creepy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, emotionless. Was he, I couldn't tell if I couldn't tell if they were being ambiguous about what he was thinking. Or whether the kid couldn't really, you know, we had a Jake Lloyd problem where he just wasn't up to the task. I watched that glance between him and Rick multiple times, expecting to see some indication of what it meant, but I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. So uh, uh, Rick goes back to the camp where everybody's waiting to see, and he goes up to Lori and goes, you missing anything? And he throws Carl at her. Not really, but he should. He informs the group that we're keeping him in custody. Uh, and Andrea's excited. She's going to go run off and tell Dale the good news. Mm-hmm. Um, Lori tells Carl to go inside. And what do you make of this? Um, which part of it? Cause there's, there's kind of a lot here. I mean, Andrea well, yeah. running off to go yeah, tell Dale. I don't Darryl. care about that. All right. <laughs> so what do I make? Lori and Rick. Uh, there's a very weird look on Lori's face when she goes to give Rick a hug or whatever it is. And she says it's okay, mm-hmm. but the look on her face says that it's not. Not okay. No. And to me says she thinks Shane would have handled that better. I think there's very much doubt about whether she's back to right man. I think so. Yeah. She's starting to worry about, you know, this guy, like, look. If this has to be done, it doesn't matter if your kid's watching or not. Mm-hmm. It has to be done. I mean, get Shane to take to drag him out of the room, but damn. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, next thing we got Dale's going walking. Uh, he plays. He makes the cardinal mistake of you hear a spooky sound in the dark and you run the hell away. Mm-hmm. And he gets attacked by the silent zombie. Yeah, gets his guts ripped. Doesn't out. make a noise until he actually got his fingers on you. Yep. Um, That's how they get you. What do you, I mean? Can you really rip a man's guts open like that? Like if you, well, if I, let's if find I, out. If I lift up my shirt right now, <laughs> uh-huh. you come over here with your bony fingers and let's see what it. you can do. I don't feel like you could just open me up like a melon. <laughs> I don't feel like I don't know. I mean, I bite my fingernails, so I don't have any to really rip with. Yeah, but maybe if you could get get it started with a pointy fingernail. But isn't that the whole point of cooking meat? It makes it it softens it up and makes it less tough. Uh, yeah, certainly. I don't know. I'm not. I've never ripped a man's guts out. I'm not sure how. I feel like I want to go to a slaughterhouse and get like mm-hmm. a like a freshly killed cow. Yeah, no, get a pig. It's oh, a pretty pig. good analog. Very for, good yeah. human analog, and see yeah. if I can just tear its guts and tear its stomach open. <laughs> Try it, man. I'm sure they'd let you. They got to tear it open anyway. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Why not? Yeah, all right, boy. Herschel would let it. Herschel <laughs> would let you for sure. Uh, especially that cow's going to die anyway. Got well, here's the thing. By a zombie. Now that we're talking about the cow. What do the animals right before horrible things happen to people mean? Carl saw the deer, got oh. shot. Dale sees the cow, gets his guts ripped out by a zombie. Mm-hmm. What do those animals mean? Well, on the other hand, uh, Rick's horse got butchered, and he made out okay. Uh, his horse did get ripped to shreds, yeah. I don't know if you can make the... Uh... Zombies ripped horse guts out. Yeah, and also the deer, the partially chewed on deer that uh, Daryl shot and the zombie was gnawing on, that didn't really Mm -hmm. come to anything. This is another one of your coffee theories. No, no, no. This is is the same thing that Carl did exactly, right? He walked up to the deer, he stood there, and he looked at it. Uh, And that is the exact same thing that Dale does here. And I can't help but feel they're trying to tell me something about these characters or about the world, and I'm just not picking up on it. So it is a black coffee theory. I don't know what it means, but it definitely means something. Like I said, yes, it's, a, it's coffee a coffee theory. theory. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Listeners, write in and let me know what that means because I'm at a loss. Uh, so Rick says, look, uh, uh, hold on. Uh, Herschel, fix him up. Mm-hmm. And Herschel mm-hmm. goes, uh, did you notice the man's ripped in half? <laughs> yeah. Finally his, a wound that Herschel can't immediately fix. His guts are on the ground. There's grass in his guts now. Mm-hmm. And by the way, this was a zombie. They're they're freaking out about zombie scratches. Yeah. This is the F5 tornado <laughs> of zombie scratch on the Fujita yeah. scale. The only thing worse would have been if the zombie had stuck his head into the cavity and started chewing. No. Like, the, the only, only thing, thing worse, worse is if a zombie gets inside your body and wears you like a suit, <laughs> like that cockroach did in Men in Black. That's, yeah. that's the only way. That's, that's, that's the F6. But this is an F5. Nice. Even if they patch him up, he's just going to turn into a zombie. Oh, hell yeah. So uh, he says, I can't do anything. Rick decides he needs to die, uh, which is pretty, you know, it's like I would want to. Yeah, he's dying anyway. Let's speed it up. Uh, But he can't do it. This is the first time in Walking Dead history that Rick fails to be able to do a clutch pistol death. Yeah, and I don't know what that says about the character at this point because we see he's obviously not afraid to use a gun. But the thing, yeah, and what but the he hell? is afraid to then kill Randall after Carl sees it, and now he doesn't want to kill Dale. But that's a mercy when he's killing. Obviously dead. Yeah, I, yeah. Like, I think Dale, if Dale could say anything, uh, he'd be like, "Let me die." Yeah. 
Uh, I did see on Reddit, and I kind of agreed a thread. It's like I wish somebody had told maybe even Andrea instead of just crying and sobbing uselessly. Mm-hmm. She could say, I want you to know that we decided not to kill the boy. Uh, Wouldn't that be nice? a nice thing to tell Dale as he's di- dying in agony? That- I guess. Yeah. Even if it, in the next episode he, the kid dies anyway, which I don't <laughs> yeah. know if that's true or not. But like, sure. that seems like that's something you should tell the old man before he shuffles off the mortal coil. Yeah, I'm sure he would have liked to hear that. Uh, the, the other thing about this scene that really struck me is – oh, well, the whole episode in general. Um, you've got Dale, who is a character that we know does not want to be changed by this world. It refuses to lose his humanity uh, and and tries to stop people from doing it as well. And now this is the world giving Dale a huge bitch slap, just saying, sorry, you don't belong in this world. Mm-hmm. And Shane is absolutely right several episodes ago when he tells him that, when he's stolen the guns. He tells Dale, you don't belong in this world. Yep. This is not the world for you. And now the world is telling him that. Yeah. I love that part about this episode. That is a nice, nice layer of it was basically the perfect way for his character to go out. Yeah, agreed. Uh, so we end with uh, uh, Daryl leaning down and whispering to Desir in nominee patria e falia spirita santi. <laughs> yeah. Boom. Awesome Boondock Saints moment there. But uh, sorry, brother, bang, fade to black. Yeah. Dead Dale. So what do you think of the episode? Amazing. Amazing? Absolutely amazing. I loved everything about it. Uh, rated A to F. Uh, can I do minuses? Yeah. A minus. Really? Because I could conceive of an episode that would be better. I mean, after all, is this on all a walk- of the action okay. in this episode was perpetrated by one zombie. Is this on a Walking Dead scale, or is this on a all TV currently? Oh, oh, um, a Walking Dead scale. This is an A plus. This is the highest. Oh, high. so you're I saying think A minus? You're saying A minus against all the TV out I guess, there? Yeah, th- this was well acted. The story, uh, the plot was well executed. I didn't feel like any moments lulled. Or yeah. slowed down. Although we did see some... Uh, I, I got feedback that some people said the first half was slow. I don't know why they would say that. I mean, we've got Carl being super creepy and roaming around the woods and finding zombies. And uh-huh. I don't know. I think a lot of people are probably going to judge this because there is only one zombie in it. But I think if you could use an, a, a single zombie more effectively, show it to me. Because I, I don't see it. Th- this, right. this episode was so good. Um. All right. I kind of agree with you. Uh, I would on a Walking Dead scale, which is really the only scale worth. The, it's definitely an A. A. Um. You think it was the best of the series? Because I do. Best I think, of the series? Yes. I think this no. is the best episode. No. Yet. No. No. The pilot's the best. Which and pilot? The the season one pilot. Of course. Or, yeah. The pilot. Pilot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. I, I think that's still the best episode of Walking Dead. Man, it's really good. But I. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's just because Dale died, and I like to see Dale die. <laughs> but I thought this was fantastic. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So that's all I got to do. Do some spoilers, or not spoilers? Uh, do some feedback. Uh, before we do that, I have a couple things to do. Um, first of all, I want to say I like how they use uh, Randall in this episode to stir shit between the main group members, but they don't use him as a plot device. Like, he he is not part of a plot himself, you know? And he's stirring controversy within this group, but it's not like Beth, where, oh my god, Beth is going to cut her wrists. Oh no, we don't give a fuck about Beth, we don't know who she is, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying, we don't know who Randall is, we don't give a fuck about this guy, I'm glad they didn't try to make us. Mm. 
Okay. They just used him to stir stuff up. Fair point. Um, and then I got to do zombie kill of the week. Obviously, it's oh. Daryl for the only killing of the week, uh, stabbing the walker in the head. And then idiot survivor of the week. <laughs> I have to give it to Dale for getting his guts ripped out. <laughs> I mean, that's about as dumb as you can get, you know, dying. Um. All right. Can can really disagree with that. All right. Although some people want to give it to Carl. He did the most. He did the most trying to get himself killed this week. That's true. Yeah. He's a kid. Yeah. I don't really consider him an idiot. Just a curious kid. Yeah. All right. Ready for feedback? Definitely. Uh, we got a little bit from uh, got two or three from last week that we didn't get to, or they missed a deadline. So we hit those real quick. Ken. Uh, M from our Facebook site said, guys, as far as Randall knowing Maggie, I just assume that you recognize Herschel as Maggie's dad. You buy that? Uh, sure, I can buy that. Shit, man, I can barely remember anybody. I mean, he did say he knew her dad. Oh, did he? In that episode, yeah. Okay, well, then there you go. Uh, good catch. Uh, Kevin B says, hey, guys, if Lori dies, I'm grilling up some fajitas and lining up tequila shots for your Tex-Mex Lori's dead party, <laughs> which is a reference to her last cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, to continue Star Wars prequel comparisons that you've mentioned a few times, I think Walking Dead suffers from being okay when it could be great, just like the Star Wars prequels, in my humble opinion. Uh, you don't have to be humble about that. That's a solid opinion. Oh, yeah. That's a pretty I'm, widespread one. I'm going to stick with the show, but I'm treating this season as a mulligan, and I'm hoping for significant improvement in season two. I thought the Tarantino-esque POV trunk shot was good, and mm-hmm. he mentioned he just watched rewatched Jackie Brown over the weekend, and yep, that shot is in the movie. But later in the episode, when they had the POV shot uh, show Randall being dragged and picked up by Rick, all I could think of was a shovel cam for Breaking Bad. They crossed the yeah. line from homage to ripoff at that point, I think. Hmm. Uh, regarding British accents, rewatch the first scene of Maggie and Lori. The actress who plays Maggie slips into limey territory on her first few lines. <laughs> She's an American who grew up in the UK and spoke with a pretty heavy accent when her and Stephen Yoon were on Walking Dead. Is it Yoon? How on you- I'm Talking Dead, yeah, I saw that. How, how do you pronounce his name? Uh, I would say Yoon. It's not Yin? Don't know. Um, obviously, I am horrible at pronouncing names, so if anyone's <laughs> yeah. got a definitive, let me know. I didn't get to see that on The Talking Dead, so. Uh, Matt from Reno, Nevada, the biggest little city in the United States, says the first thing is the uh, – he, he wants to talk about uh, the whole CDC issue and what's whispered to Rick. Okay. And it's something we talk about every, every week. Web. Yeah, every episode. Uh he agrees with us. It's lost all meaning to his uh, to him at this point in the story. But he, the reason it has is because he can't get behind the whole everyone is infected idea. Hmm. Because it doesn't make any sense. You're telling me that no matter what, everyone who dies comes back. So what about before all this? Where did it start? If everyone who has been running had this running through their blood, where are all the dead before who had died? Are they just saying it just started happening? Unless the show is going for the whole dawn of the dead where there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the <laughs> earth mystic approach. If it's not like that, it would have to be some kind of I am legend approach of the government making a mistake and releasing the virus, and it would have to be airborne for everyone to be affected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's basically taking – and I, I have this the same problem. If they're the, the supposed secret is that everyone's already infected and everyone turns into a zombie when you die, um, my question is, yeah, how does that work? Everyone on a whole fucking How planet did got, everyone sa- get infected? got simultaneously infected, hmm. and but the zombie part of it just started spontaneously. Uh, water supply, bio, bio terrorist attack. Yeah, the world is tough to believe. We don't know that it spread to the whole world. Though. Well, no, we do. Jenner says that everybody. Well, we don't like know all if everyone's of the stations inf- went down. Yeah, nobody's we, communicating. We don't know if it's everyone's infected. That's one of the popular theories. Mm-hmm. 
but I'm kind of with him. If that, I find that hard to believe. But again, it's a fucking show about the dead rising. So here's the other thing. Remember the premiere of this season where we see a whole bunch of cars full of a whole bunch of bodies with mm-hmm. no headshots. Well, the how do you explain that if everyone's infected? I guess Glenn Mazzara wrote hand waved that off by saying, "Well, all the windows were rolled up, and in the Georgia heat, it would boil the brains to where." Oh, okay. This is the guy who says, "Are you sure there weren't two knives?" Yeah, get the fuck. Okay, did we talk about whatever. that on the cast last week? We did. We right? did. Okay. Yeah, ridiculous. Uh, Matt does conclude and says, "Well, he thinks it would be interesting if they took Kirkman's original pitch for the comic." Which was it was aliens who released the virus to wipe out humans <laughs> so they could take over the planet. Turns hmm. out that pitch is just a lie to get them to publish the comic. Gotcha. And he never intended to go forward on that. But good, good. That would have been ridiculous. Then you can have Mars attacks. Sure, yeah. Just <laughs> We're done with the zombie storyline. Let's get the aliens in. Uh, Karen McDee talks about something we haven't talked about in a while. Has anyone noticed the electric lights are still working on the farm? They hadn't really yeah. noticed it until Lori puts leftovers in the refrigerator. Yeah. Um, are they really wasting fuel to run a generator 24 seven? Not to mention the sound that the generator would draw walkers. Yeah, they are. Yeah, they definitely are. She thought the whole scene was absurd. Along with Lori putting fridge in the, uh, food in the fridge, wiping counters, folding dish towels, like little Susie homemaker, while Maggie and Beth argue about wanting to commit suicide. I wish you'd get her head out of her rear and start paying more attention to Carl Jr. Cause that kid is getting really weird. Yeah. If <laughs> yeah, you're going is. to be, uh, Susie Homemaker, watch your goddamn kid. Good point. So good point. I don't know. Especially now that Dale, the, the lookout is dead. <laughs> you want to get sexist, Lori? Watch your goddamn kid. <laughs> There's sexist for you. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Um, anyway, I actually think Betty Draper would be a better mom (laughs) because one thing, if you, you gotta say Betty's good at one thing, it's Uh, telling kids to go to their fucking room. Yes, she is. Carl would have severe mental problems. Yeah. Slightest infraction. Go to your room (laughs) and crippling emotional abuse. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's how you keep children in line. Oh God. Slap them. I don't know who I hate more, honestly. Slap them, slap them around for masturbating too. The second, yeah. the second you catch them, oh yeah, doing that stuff, you, they need a beating. Yep. So, <laughs> there's one thing I've learned about parenting in four years of watching that. <laughs> oh God, that's my I new. For your kid. That's my new thing. Uh, on to the new stuff. Drew T says, "Carry." Oh God, I'm interested to see what our listeners are going to think about this episode. Uh, Will they be split like they always man, are? The internet reaction is all over the map, and I feel like yeah. that because. Everyone loved last week's episode when we hated it, and a mm. lot, a sizable majority didn't like this episode, and we loved it. So what the wow. hell? Wow. Blows my mind. Drew T says, Carol's cornier than Native American poop. That being said, this was <laughs> another right. good episode. As Rick hammered home last episode, Carl is his son. The apple doesn't far from the tree, and the Grimes boys are a strange fruit. <laughs> Both of the Grimers are putting up facades. Rick says he doesn't want to kill Randall, just like Carl doesn't want to be grown up. Andrew makes it clear Rick is the leader. Randall was his call, but he gave Dale every opportunity to persuade the others not to kill him. A man who's made a decision that had to be made doesn't leave it up for debate. Hmm. True. Carl similarly doesn't want to be an adult, although he acts like he always does. He literally goes on to cry on his mommy's gaunt shoulder. Plus, Rick Light couldn't pull the trigger on a zombie, and now Dale's death is on his hands. Rick can't pull the trigger on Randy. If he winds up hurting people, that will also be on Rick. As an aside, Dale was gutsy. Ha, ha, ha. But wrong. Wow. Their world is survivor of the fittest, and humanity is malleable, not uh, not a choice. Hell yeah. 
Humanity is nurture, and they're out in nature. Rick's unborn baby won't have a choice to act like Dale. Anyway, I hope you feel better, Aaron. Let Jim be the penicillin to your clap. What the? F- now you've infected me with not the clap. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the shoes on the other fucking foot. I'm. I, I gotta say, after four weeks of being sick, uh, yeah. it's your turn. <laughs> I'm feeling it too. Ugh. Uh, KB says, "Hey, Jim and Sidekick." <laughs> You know, fuck Rick Grimes. I I'm feel gonna, better all of a sudden. I'm going to go into Rodney Dangerfield territory here pretty soon. I'm getting no respect. <laughs> I'm getting no respect. Uh, <laughs> wow, that's pretty good, Jim. Mm, thank you. And we'll have to have Rodney open the cast for us next week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not convinced Herschel would give up Glenn his blessing so soon. You guys have mentioned how Glenn and Maggie's relationship was moving along pretty quickly. Uh, we've all seen... All we've seen between them is some shared panic and fear, casual sex, and exchange of some initial words of support. What more do you need? Sure, the zombie apocalypse is a love mm-hmm. multiplier, uh, yeah. but does all that really add up to her bypassing her father and running to Glenn? Even Beth has some perspective on this subject. I've been with Jimmy for three weeks, and now I'm married to him? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, if you want to argue their level of attachment is plausible, how has Herschel been convinced of that? The only serious interaction between Glenn and Herschel came at the bar shootout when Glenn got all yellow on them. I wonder – no, I don't – do you think racist, Maggie and Herschel talk about their feelings at all? I no. get the feeling that they don't. No. Herschel doesn't talk to anybody about that. No. So I don't know how he got wind or how he changed his mind. Uh, he goes, whereas I could accept Glaggy uh, as a cray-cray <laughs> fling, the show is now telling us to take them seriously. I'll go along, but they didn't really build it. Uh, I don't know. I don't uh, – out of the many – weird and fractured plot lines. I've always been a fan of the Glenn and Maggie thing. And maybe because I really am a big Glenn fan. Yeah. And I feel that Maggie suits him. Well, I think that has a lot to do with the chemistry of the actors because they on screen, they have a good chemistry, I think. Right. So it kind of makes me feel like they're more attached than maybe the story has portrayed. Right. Um, and I don't know. I mean, the one slow pace, I do feel like, first of all, you got to remember they're young. Mm. Second of all, you know, I don't think Maggie got into this wanting a serious relationship. She just wanted her physical needs met, which Glenn apparently doesn't do all that well. (laughs) But I think she started caring about him when he saved her life. I mean, definitely. So I think that this is a decent amount of buildup and I'm going for it because I'm a Glenn fan and I like Maggie. So, yeah. Uh, he wants us to consider Carol too. This past episode, she flips out about people looking at her like a crazy. I don't recall any prior highlighted instance where someone looked at her that badly. Uh, Shane cleaning her up is the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Carol's been an enigma to me. Uh, (laughs) so first Sophia dies and Carol and most of the audience is emotionally struck by the incident. The next episode, she's understandably distraught and is retreating from others while struggling to gather herself. But then basically the next day in the chronology, she runs to Daryl worrying about Lori's whereabouts. Does anyone else think it's a bit impossible that in the span of 24 to 48 hours after Sophia's death, she'd be engaging the group's problems with that much urgency? I don't know, man. People deal with grief crazy ass ways. Yeah. And when you deal with that much grief uh-huh. that Carol was going through, I don't know how that affects you. Especially with the the husband thing. Yeah, with Ed uh, being physically abusive. She had a huge emotional reaction to that. Yeah, yeah. And she, I mean, we kind of saw that with her interactions with Daryl as well. Mm -hmm. So, Uh, 
they said, of, uh, the, of course, there's uh, Andrea's turn last episode. I think we're to understand that she didn't get through her suicide phase because she chose to. So now mm-hmm. I don't know how the writers thought they could have Andrea recycle that argument. Yep. Um, other comments in the past episode, even though I wholeheartedly agree with Dale and wholeheartedly disagree with Shane, the timing delivery of Shane's Oh My God line was so perfect and hilarious. The show really benefits from having him as an antagonist. When is this? Uh, when does Shane say, oh, my God? I think when he, wa- uh, when when, he walks up to Dale's ripped out guts. No, in the back. I th- no, I believe when the first scene where they talk about this is what we've decided to do after the torture. And Dale's like, are you serious? And like oh. he's just in the background going, oh, my God. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, the twisted background music when Car- uh, Carl confronts Randall and the zombie was very nice touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was dark, but it had elements of a nursery rhyme. Yeah, I caught that. I actually had that notes about that. I forgot to mention it. Nice. Um, I don't really hate Carl, but come on, don't tell Car- uh, Carol to calm down. Um, and he says he doesn't trust Randall with us. Uh, rest in peace, Dale. You did odd, distracting facial expressions, but you were a glue guy who understood that focusing purely on self-preservation produces a hostile, unsustainable society in the long run. Not happy he's dead, but it helps build pilot or plot and characters. Uh, it also keeps people from getting their guts torn out by zombies. <laughs> <laughs> he does uh, have a shout-out to your coffee theory. He goes, uh, I'm going to go back to look at the scene where Andrew goes through Dale's RV cabinets looking for wrapping paper. Maybe there's some Folgers coffee foreshadowing Dale's death. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, I'll never live that coffee theory down. <laughs> it was good while it lasted. I actually thought you came out pretty good because I think people did forget. <laughs> oh, they did, totally. <laughs> Nobody ever mentioned it. Uh, Brian KD. Hey guys, uh, love the season so far, but after listening to your insights, I think it's just that the other seasons have been so bad that when something interesting happens, I'm so grateful. Uh, I would, uh, I know we differ on our opinions on Dale, but now that he's dead, I hope you guys can at least say something nice about him. Amazing (laughs) speech in the farmhouse who will stand with me. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. other than Dale fucking up the lookout and his old man routine with the watch and the fire, I actually Mm -hmm. thought he was an interesting character this season Yeah, and I'm interested to see, what happens now that that he's not uh, no longer around? Yeah. What What was his influence on the group contributing mm-hmm. to, toward whatever goal they're they're after? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I really don't. I mean, it's I don't I don't know how what they're going to do. Um, Is he the only one keeping Brick from going full on Shane mode? Uh, maybe that. Maybe Andrew will pick up the torch now. Maybe she'll like be the one that keeps people's humanity in check. I don't know. Somebody has to because mm-hmm. I don't think Daryl's the guy to do it. No, Daryl doesn't care. Um, Jesse from VA uh, Virginia said, "My first thoughts were pretty much meh, but then after a rewatch, I thought it got better. A solid ten for ten for me." Oh, okay. You thought it got a lot better. Then. Yeah, he said the first watch would be meh a four out of ten. ten I know. Ten. Wow. Uh, but just for fun, let's focus on the negatives. Carol's acting stupid, and th- or Carl acting stupid and throwing rocks at the zombie in the swamp. I know he's a kid, <laughs> but he also knows what happens to Sophia. That's a pretty good point. Yeah. But yeah. I also think that makes him kind of want revenge. Oh, yeah. And also, he said, I wish I could have been the one to shoot Sophia. I mean, I, I kind of think him wanting to practice the guns and his martial arts is a natural thing to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dale going out by himself in the dark. Uh, yeah, that's pretty suicidal. Although oh, he did have a with, gun. But with his lookout skills, he should be fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did have a gun, you're right. Also, yeah. did you notice that a zombie ambushed him in the middle of an open plane? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he was that, mesmerized by that cow. But but that zombie, like, uh, Carl Lewis sprinted from the edge of the woods. No, or from, no. I think he was laying in the grass. Oh, he could have been. Because he was still crawling towards Carl. He could have been. And then when Dale showed up. I, it's, since we're going back to the that The better scene, question is how the hell did the cow get killed? Yeah. I think the cow could have just been like, and walked off. Maybe. I don't know. Because apparently they could rip guts out pretty easily. Hmm. True. Uh, he goes, but all those are just minor annoyances that can be sort of explained so I can look past them. But here's the mm-hmm. most obvious problem and the elephant in the room. The whole name episode should have taken place last week as Randall was healing. What the fuck were they doing and why didn't they interrogate Randall then? <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, okay. Let's talk about that structurally. Yeah. What if this episode happened last week and last week's episode happens this week? Um, so the only real developments we had were with Shane and Rick last week, right? Like those Mm -hmm. were the major things. Mm -hmm. None of that really came into too much, uh, of play here because Shane was doing the thing that Shane always does, Mm -hmm. uh, as far as his opinions on Randall, Rick was doing what he was doing. Uh, I don't know that that would have changed anything. And, it might have worked better to just say, hey, this kid is hurt. We're going to interrogate him while he's hurt, not to drag him out here because he's better now a week later. That doesn't make any sense. Right. I don't know. I kind of – I thought it would play better because – so they interrogate the kid. They find out he's a threat. They decide to kill him. Carl finds him. Uh, mm-hmm. We can't kill him. Then Rick comes with the crazy idea to take him 18, you know, 18 miles out. They do that episode. Gotcha, yeah. Then, then after that, and they end up taking him back. Mm-hmm. Then Shane's really like, "What the fuck?" I kind of almost wonder because remember when we were talking to Taylor from the Justified cast, and he talked about how they swapped the episode order because it just made more sense yeah. and it made such a huge difference in that in the season two. It's like I feel like, man, if. If I was doing a Walking Dead apocalypse cut, I would love to flip that around and edit it to where it makes sense. Yeah, because you'd have to fix this idea that Rick would save this kid and then immediately want to kill him. Yeah. You'd have to fix that that part of it. But I think other than that, it works. Right. Well, better. I mean, you open up with the interrogation and you find out that he's this bad dude and then they decide oh, to kill the, him. The scene but, Darryl, yeah. but it doesn't work. So then he decides to spare him. Yeah. Anyway. I think that would work better. Uh, Paradox Zombie said, I totally did not expect Daryl's death so suddenly and somewhat randomly being killed by a stray walker. If you can believe it, I wanted this season to end with Dale killing Shane, being pushed to his extreme by Shane's huh. actions and culminating the threat that he could not carry out when he put Shane in his sights in the woods. This death seemed pointless, even tacked on to an otherwise unrelated episode. Oh, man. I think I explained why it's not. <laughs> However, on second viewing, I noticed that this truly was a Dale extravaganza. I have no okay. interest in another episode arguing about Randall and didn't care about the plot until I realized Dale was taking center stage. All right. Um, he deal. goes, I was with you guys when you talked about how Dale had become a bitchy gossip queen and that he was repeatedly sabotaging the group by taking the guns and keeping the RV out of commission. But mm-hmm. in one episode, my opinion was completely blown to pieces. Yes, Dale has been idealistic and impractical, but in many ways, he has only taken that posture as devil's advocate to the radically op- opposite views of Shane. Yeah. And while talking by people's backs and playing nanny to everyone doesn't win over many fans, Dale showed in this episode how important that role is. Dale is the conscious of the group and also the self-consciousness, both of which represent humanity over our base animal nature. Absolutely, man. Couldn't say any better. I, I'm struck by how many people on second viewing are going, whoa, 
I didn't realize how good this was. Right, right. <laughs> it's like four out of ten, ten out of ten. My reaction usually, I like it better, especially in the episode bad. I like it better the first time, and then the second time, I'm like oh god. And I was yeah. worried that I wouldn't like it as well. But honestly, the second when I started taking the detailed notes on the second one, I liked it even more. Yeah, yeah. That's the way we kind of do it. We watch through one time just to feel the episode, and then yeah. the second time through, we take notes. Uh, Robert from Illinois says, I think I've discovered the Walking Dead writing formula. The show will meander for about two-thirds of an episode, usually filled with conversations and themes have been discussed and beaten to death before. And then at the end, the show picks up steam and has this nice ending that people say, whoa, that was awesome. Yeah. Kind of reminds me of my high school years where I would goof off and slack around for most of the term and then at the end come out strong, have a good final and do extra credit and eke out a B. Hell yeah. The that sh- was the same way. The same, <laughs> except for I didn't reverse. I pushed and pushed until I thought I had a comfortable lead, and then I'd slack. Oh. See, I never did homework. Never. I didn't either. And then I aced my tests. Yeah. Because I would listen in class. I just, I don't need to practice this shit. It's too easy. Right. You know? right. Keep going. Um. Anyway, uh, I kind of reminds me, wait, I already talked about that. Uh, the show has to realize that there are 43 or so minutes, minutes of program. You can't depend on the money shot. His impressions on episode, I hmm. will say that the pacing, by and large, could be more even throughout an episode. Well, they tried that last episode, right? They had Rick and Shane battling out at the beginning, and then... Yeah, yeah but the thing is, the farm scenes in between were just bad. If I wasn't doing an apocalypse cut, yeah. I would cut all that shit out. Yeah. It's yeah. just nothing but the scene at the at the uh, municipal building mm-hmm. or compound. Let's do that. Let's do that, man. This That's our summer project. <laughs> We're going to make the Apocalypse Cut this year. All right. We're going to make the badass Walking Dead uh, cut that should be. Definitely. Don't hold us to that because we probably won't do it, but that's that's our... 100% set in stone, man. Uh, I've never seen Jim's eyes bigger than they are right now. <laughs> You're promising what? Uh I thought Dale's argument was wrong and poorly crafted. He oh, kept on going on about you. the humanity and soul of the group for wanting to kill Randall, but what he didn't say or anyone else say for that matter, or why didn't anyone speak up and say, hey, why in the hell did we bring him back to the farm in the first place? The xenophobic group who doesn't trust anybody sure made a scratch, made me scratch my head when they bring in a total stranger. They freak out and then they can't trust him and must rid themselves of him. Beta Rick to the max. <laughs> uh uh, then he's got a spoiler discussion, which we're going to skip to the spoiler section. Uh, Michael M says, I like this episode a lot. Dale stood for something pretty important, even if he portrayed it in his very weak, tedious way. I think his passing is symbolic of the passing of traditional justice. The evil loosed upon the world has killed it off both figuratively and literally. I also mm-hmm. like how the title is used in a more interesting resolution. Judge, jury, and executioner typically implies one omnipotent deity. In this episode, the three components were all different. Rick is judge, group is jury, and Daryl is executioner. Did you guys notice that Carl entered the barn exactly as Sophia exited it? He had the same stilted, lurching step. Transposing Randall with Carl was brilliant. I like the story's technique of showing that evil can enter at any moment through any door. Carl let the evil in while the group struggled with the moral decision that they would thought would keep it out. That's a pretty good insight. I like it. I don't see how Rick can continue on as leader after this latest act of indecision. Yeah, good point. We got two yeah. episodes to see how the group coalesces around Rick. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it doesn't. It, and Daryl, I could see Daryl going his own way. I could see Shane going his own way. I don't know if this group's even going to be together. I can't wait for the season wrap-up cast, assuming they don't completely fuck it up, because I think there's going to be a lot of interesting discussion about what happens next. Yeah. 
Uh, Tom in West Virginia. Two weeks ago, I poured out my heart in verse, noting the relative strengths and weaknesses of AMC and their desire to show boobs. One short week later, <laughs> after listening to the beautiful haiku of another nice listener, you noted my work a week earlier and said, that wasn't that from Ted K? Hey, thanks. And to set the record straight, a quick haiku <laughs> entitled Dist by Tom from in West Virginia. Dist? Like, oh, you just got dist? You got dist. All right. Poetic beauty, oak felled by icy weight. Name is Tom, not Ted. <laughs> <laughs> and again, it's sorry. a proper haiku. He's got the nature element in it. Yep. yep. Sorry, Tom. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, now we know. Now, now we, we know. know. It's just that Ted does so much other fantastic fucking work on the Justified cast. And we and have you, so many Teds and Toms. And, and, and you got this badass poem. I got mm-hmm. all the badass mixed up. Yep. I beta ricked you. I'm sorry. I'll try to be more decisive in Shane like next next week. <laughs> Uh, Dan W. Okay, I just watched Sunday night's episode. What is with Lori? Last week, she's a spokesperson for the typical 50 stay-at-home housewife. This week, she can't even watch her brat kid. <laughs> Carl's wandering around unsupervised, stealing from Daryl's saddlebag. He's off in the woods tormenting walkers and then free to follow them into the barn and ruin a perfectly justified execution. Carl, what a little shit. He is as stupid <laughs> as his mother, and Rick proves to be a total pussy in this episode. Wow, harsh words Woo! for Rick and Lori. Dan W's not having any of this shit. No, he's all over the grimes this week. Uh, Dale, well, Dale's not the Dale of the comic book. He had to go, and holy crap, I'm glad he's gone from the show. Daryl continues to be my hero on The Walking Dead. Yes, the, bro- the group is broken, and it's broken bad. I see what you did there, Dan. Uh, so... I would do want to say that I think Dale dying is good because I talked a couple weeks ago about how they need to kill off some of these recurring bullshit arguments. Killing Dale is one mm-hmm. of them. So I feel like now uh, savage nature versus humanity, that's a, that is a resolved issue for this group. And now Basically, we're going to yeah. see how giving in to the savagery is going to affect it. Yeah. That's what I'm hoping. Now they can just kill off one of Shane, Laurie, Rick. The other <laughs> bullshit that I want to hear about is going to be gone. Yeah, yeah, the the three-way there. Yeah, I never want to hear about that again. Agreed. Um, hey, Jim and Aaron. Uh, oh, sorry, this is actually a justified oh, one that I threw in there. Get it out of here. Sorry. Uh, Frack and Toaster wrote in, What an episode. I thought it was really rich of Lori to say that they can't risk anyone's life to banish Randall while it's perfectly okay for Glenn to risk his life to get her magazines and a morning after pill. Yeah, no kidding. Creepy Carl was really creepy. Did you notice he had a Spider-Man moment there at the end? Spider-Man moment. If only he had shot the walker. With great power comes great responsibility. Uh, I I didn't pay much attention in Spider-Man movies. <laughs> really? No. You're, no. I didn't even see three. Oh, uh, well, you dodged a bullet there. Oh, good. Spider-Man 3 is like Godfather 3. Better <laughs> left not mentioned as part of the stronger trilogy. Hmm. Uh, and Dale, what can I say? Who will be the voice of the far left in the group now? Maybe Andrea? Did we already know that she was a civil rights, law- rights lawyer? You know, interesting, um, I saw the very first decent uh, D&D-style alignment chart for The Walking oh, Dead. Nice. Mm-hmm. And um, I also thought we could probably accurately plot out who would vote for who mm-hmm. in this series at this point. Like I kind of know who would vote our long party lines and who would vote independent and mm-hmm. who would not vote like Carol, Carol would not vote. Not She'd stay at home. Yep. <laughs> um, Matthew Brislin says, I bet Dale wants full trials for all the detainees at Gitmo. Oh, 
We're getting very political oh, in this Oh, yeah. I can't go there. Uh, moving on to James <laughs> P. Uh, what will it take for T-Dog to get a line? Apparently next week. Because we were watching some previews and he actually has oh, a speaking spoilers, line. Oh, spoilers, man. Oh, come on. T-Dog's going to get a line? Spoilers. No, he, yeah, <laughs> as he's getting ripped apart by a walker. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, that's all the feedback we got. You got anything else you want to say in the last minute before we get kicked the spoilers? Uh, surprisingly, his line is, I finally get a damn line. I got to die. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I have nothing else to say. Oh, shit, get we this walker off me. That's his line. <laughs> yep. Uh, if you like to keep up with My the... guts. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a Nick uh, Cage reference? No. Guts! No. My guts! <laughs> Why are there bees in my guts? Uh, outro. God damn it. Uh, if you'd like to keep up with the rest of what Jim and I are doing, uh, as well as our new cast, uh, the Night's Watch about Game of Thrones. You can find that at baldmove.com. Please leave us feedback about this cast at watchingdead at baldmove.com. You can follow us at facebook.com slash baldmove or tweet at Jim at Twitter at baldmove. And the supporter cast, there's three ways you can do it. Number one, if you like discussing The Walking Dead with your friends, mention Watching Dead. Get them in on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, you can also, if you haven't already, give us a positive review on iTunes and subscribe to our cast. That helps... Uh, helps all kinds of stuff. Really helps people find yeah. us on iTunes. It actually improves our internet search rank, uh, ranking. So when you Google for us, it does all kinds of good stuff. And, um, and it's easy. It's easy. Yeah, we don't. You don't even have to write a review. Just give us a, a, a decent one. Uh, punch punch stars higher than three. Let's say. Okay. <laughs> sure. Or to one stars. I think it's all about the velocity and heat anyway. So love us, hate us. I don't give a shit. Just review us. <laughs> and also, if you want to help us out paying for our bandwidth fees and helping mm-hmm. us keep our servers going, uh, you can use our affiliate link, amazon.baldmove.com. Again, if you're going to shop on Amazon, use our link, amazon.baldmove.com. It costs you nothing. It gives us a little pennies per transaction. It doesn't cost you anything more shipping. It just helps us out. It just gonna- gives love. It's a love engine. I'm going to add one more. Uh, This week, and I put up a T-shirt at baldmove.spreadshirt.com. People might like it. It's the I crossbow Daryl Dixon. I was going to let them see for themselves, but yeah, yeah. It's uh, I love New York with with Daryl Dixon there. Yeah, it's it's actually I think it's pretty clever, and I'll link that. uh, I didn't know you're going live with that. I'll link that in show notes and throw it up on Facebook. Yeah, we'll have some variations on it pretty soon, hopefully. We've actually got a lot of interesting T-shirt ideas, so you'll be seeing more of that if you've been wanting some bald move merchandise. Um, Yeah, I'm curious how many people would be interested in like some kitschy T-shirts, you know? Right. I know. We'll find out. We will. um, That's all I've got. All right, well then, next week's episode is going to be called Better Angels. Uh, And until then, I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. See you in the spoiler section. back with the spoilers go ahead and run the preview for next week on the next episode of amc's the walking dead dale said this group is broken we're gonna prove him wrong i made a mess of things i can't imagine how hard that is on you cut him loose back to that now this is what's happening swallow it (laughs) (laughs) just stuck up on me caught me in the face 
Get everybody back in the house. Glenn Dale, come with us. There are only two episodes left. What are we, 15? <laughs> I can't help it, man. That line every we time. We watched this four or five times, and we got I thought I got all our giggles out. So, but. spoiler for next week, Shane gives Rick a blowjob, <laughs> and he swallows. <laughs> that was not Beta Rick. That was some Alpha Rick. That was Alpha Rick, yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know. We see so Lori. We see her trying to make nice with uh, Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also see Shane stumbling out of the woods, saying, the "Guy jumped me and beat me in the face." Do you think that he's going to kill Randall out in the woods and try to claim like he didn't? Uh, I don't know, man. I mean, they've got people chopping heads off of bodies, and yeah, we see lots of zombies. I've got a sh- I've got a script synopsis. For episode 12. You do want to you? hear it? Yeah, well, this is a spoiler section. Time I do. to do it. Um, so the episode begins with Dale's funeral. Rick makes a speech intercut with Andrea, Terrell, Daryl, Shane, and T-Dog killing some random walkers in a field. The funeral ends with Rick saying that the group needs to set aside the differences and pull together in honor of Dale. Uh, Herschel allows everybody to move in the house. Rick decides to let Landel Roos instead Roos? He lets Landel Roos. He lets Randall loose instead of killing him just like he originally planned. Shane gets pissed, but Rick says it's his decision, and Shane needs to swallow it. Um, oh, it's a decision that he's swallowing. Never yes, mind. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, later, Carol reveals to Shane that he done fucked up, and the story, uh, he stole Daryl's gun as well as released the walker from the swamp, but asked him not to tell anybody. While, is, while Shane is building a lookout platform, Lori comes to talk to him, and she thanks him for everything he's done, and says he's tr- truly tr- sorry for all the crap that happened between them. Hmm. Shane asks Rick that he and Daryl be allowed to go dump Randall, but Rick refuses. Shane then tells Rick about what Carl did and gives him Daryl's gun. So Rick and them have a talk. Uh, Shane uh, t- sneaks off with the kid into the shed and releases Randall. They secretly leave the farm and take off in the woods together. Shane tells the kid that he wants to join the group and asks Randall where it is. He tells Shane that they have a camp on the highway five miles away. Shane then proceeds to snap his neck. Oh, snap! Oh, interesting plan, Shane. I called it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and that, and Shane's finding out where the other group is to go yeah. presumably take them out. Yeah. Preemptive strike. Uh, the group discovers uh, Randall's gone and gets all panicky. Suddenly, a bloody Shane appears. He says that Randall knocked him out and escaped, mm-hmm. uh, and that he tried to run after him. The two pairs head out to look for Randall. Uh, two pairs head out to Rick for Randall, uh, Glenn and Daryl, and Rick and Shane. Daryl uses mm-hmm. epic tracking skills to deduce that Randall and Shane actually walked together and had a scuffle near the tree with Shane's blood on it. Then a zombie Randall appears. Daryl misses Ooh. with his crossbow. There's a fight. Glenn takes out Randall. Daryl uses his epic Sherlock skills to deduce that Randall was killed by a broken neck and zombified mm-hmm. in spite of having no bite marks. Whoa. Nice. Shane and Rick, meanwhile, arrive in a field. We talked about this. They have an epic confrontation. Um, as Shane is lowering his gun, Rick stabs him in the chest, killing him. Carl appears, having left the farm looking for them, and sees Shane rising from the dead while Rick's back is turned. Mm. He shoots Shane in the head, attracting a nearby group of walkers. Rick and Carl stand over Shane's corpse, oblivious to the huge horde of walkers approaching the farm from the woods. In episode. Holy wow. fuck! Sounds like a good episode, man. Yeah, it does. Uh, you're telling me that that's not the season finale? Holy hell. That's, uh... What are they going to do in the finale? I don't know. Again, uh, that's the synopsis I've gotten, and it jives with the stuff that we saw in that episode. Uh, according to 
one of our listeners who writes these massive uh, synopsis. We're going to see Michonne at the end of the uh, season. Yeah, and they have to get the hell off the farm. I mean, this is this is the yeah, this is the horde of walkers that they've always feared. And mm. they've been dicking around and not building defenses and doing anything to prepare for it. So they're going to have to flee. Yeah. And they're going to meet up with Michonne, presumably at the prison, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, that's going to be a cool moment when Michonne rolls up, hopefully dragging a couple zombies. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Uh, we have a couple of spoiler feedback. Uh, Matt from Reno, Nevada uh, he actually double dipped on here. He had the one spoiler, one non. Uh, in your last episode, eighteen miles out, uh, you referred to the governor being really disturbing and having fish tanks filled with dead heads watching them like TV. Mm-hmm. Later on, before he attacks a prison, if I remember right, he had his daughter, who was a walker, chained up and is feeding her. He proceeds to rip out all of her teeth and full on open mouth kisses her. I don't know about you, but that's a hundred times worse what? than the heads in the tanks. Holy yeah. shit! There's no way they can do that on television, though, can they? On AMC, uh, I no, I forgot no, about they that. can't even. They had to show side boob. They couldn't even show Maggie's boob. They're not going to show a dude kissing his daughter with ripped out teeth. A zombie daughter, a zombie daughter with ripped. That's fucked up, man. Yeah, I can't think of much more that much more fucked up things. Honestly, <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, also, we all, we all hope that Lori dies sooner or later. Depending on how long mm-hmm. they drag the prison story in the show, Lori is killed during the end of it. While the prison gets ran over by the governor, the survivors are trying to escape. Lori is carrying a newborn baby and is shot in the back and drops dead on the baby, suffocating it, all while Rick and Carol watch. <laughs> or Carl watch, helpless to do anything. Why were they helpless to do something? Um, because they're being, they're being attacked. The whole okay. prison is being overran by these gun thugs. And also, I don't... My interpretation was that the shotgun blast killed them both. She's kind of like holding it against her chest, and like mm. her, she gets almost ripped in half by this gunfire. If she suffocates, they've got like, what, seven minutes after it dies to try to revive it anyway? It's not like its heart has gone bad. What yeah, the fuck? Before are you brain damage. About? This is a newborn baby we're talking about. Well, yeah, that probably changes it. Dropping on the head, I, th- I think it's just, it's done, donezo. <laughs> Uh, and last, you two talked about Rick getting his hand cut off by the governor. I read an interview with Kirkman who said he still kicks himself for ever doing that in a comic. And if he had a chance, he'd never do that again. So hmm. seeing that Kirkman is part of the creative team for the show, this uh, this is kind of a second chance at that. And most likely it won't be happening. Great point. Yeah. Because it does limit Rick a bit. Oh, certainly. One-handed Rick. Although it'd be cool if he went total ash and got like the chainsaw mounted. Yeah, it. that's what I was thinking. <laughs> what would he mount? What would Rick mount to his arm? Uh, I don't. I don't know. think it'd be a chainsaw. I think it'd be maybe his badge. Maybe he'd mount his badge to his arm, so you can just show that to people. Um, one thing I noticed from the show is that most of the major events are pulled straight out of the comic. Uh, Amy getting killed, Jim getting bit, and wanting to be left behind. The barn full of walkers, even iconic shots like Rick riding into Atlanta. Everyone is wondering how Shane is going to end. The way the show has been going for, with these types of major deaths is staying true to the source material, and that would be so much more powerful if Carl had to put Shane down like he did than having Shane get bit and come back. Hmm. Maybe even throw in having Carl choose to ha- or have to choose who gets shot. Yeah, I don't know why they're not doing it like they did in the comic. Um, yeah, I don't know either. Like he saves his dad. That would be the perfect thing for this kid to do. Right. Um, I don't know because I, I feel like I don't know why they're doing that this way. Maybe because they've the they way they've drugged Shane's fate out. They wanted to because Shane's also how they find out that you come back from the dead. Everyone comes back from the dead. 
Yeah. Because Rick comes back when he suspects this, he goes back to the site where he's dead. He digs him up and finds out that he's alive down mm. there, uh, which is pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, so maybe by compressing all this, they had to have Rick kill him. And then as an homage to the comics, Carl killed the zombie Shane. I wonder if there's not some sort of like production thing with AMC where they won't let a kid shoot a living human. Like kill oh, a living human. It could be. I don't know. That's total speculation. Yeah. But that seems a little rough for TV. Um, true. Where uh, if he's a zombie, yeah, he's a zombie. Yeah, right. You can do anything to them. They're the new yeah. Nazis. <laughs> <laughs> sure, yeah. Uh, our friend Levi Jeans from Personal Arrogance. Yeah. Again, our affiliate link, pa.baldmove.com, if you'd like to check their <laughs> podcast out. Uh, he says, hey, I think my original pitch for watching Daryl still fits. I was glad to see the personal arrogance guest, Norman Reedus. Um, yeah, point of fact, they actually did moderate a Boondock Saints panel. Pretty cool. With them. That was pretty cool. Uh, glad to see personal arrogance guest, Norman Reedus, get some more screen time this week. I'm tilting this, I'm titling this episode, Daryl versus Dale. Was satisfied my desire to see the end to the Weasley old man and at the hands of Daryl, it was just icing on the cake. I know Dale's supposed to be some sort of moral arbiter for the group, but they the the way he went around everyone's backs gossiping like some housewife from New Jersey made it pretty easy to watch him go. Mm-hmm. I don't know about you guys, but I thought we'd see Carl putting a bullet in Randall this episode. His creepy attic moment was suspenseful, suspenseful, and ever suspenseful. And anyone who read the comics knows Carl is due to kill without remorse when he sees the adults incapable of doing it. My question is, if they have him kill Randall, how does that change the character of Carl? Because it's still very early in the timeline to unleash his merciless underage killing side. Well, we know they're not going to do that. So that's Sorry, how, we spoiled you. <laughs> um, the thing is, I agree, and I think it's going to be, again, hard for AMC to have a child killing people, especially mm-hmm. other children. Ooh, yeah, that's even that is a no go. Uh, I, I guarantee. They, no, 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 no. They can do. They just, it just has to happen off camera. Okay, they're certainly not going to show him shooting any other kids. No. Impossible. Um, they might hint at it. Uh, whatever happens, I look forward to the series finale, Daryl versus Carl, where they duel in a long tent standoff like a Sergio Leone <laughs> Western. <laughs> yeah. Um, awesome. What else was I going? I, I had an I have one other thing that I about neglected. the overall arc. Oh, uh, okay, okay, I've got it in mind. You shoot, what do you want to talk about? Uh, real quick. Uh, I feel like I would be doing disservice. I didn't mention this. When Dale is being uh, ripped open by that zombie, I thought it was so, so creepy. The look on that zombie's face, he's just like his eyes, his ripped open mouth. And Dale knows what he's got to protect against, that mouth. So he's got his hands up at his neck. Mm -hmm. He's trying to keep the mouth away. But that's the thing about zombies. They have multiple deadly weapons, their hands in their mouth. And uh, he couldn't do anything while the zombie ripped his guts open. Otherwise, he would have had to stop protecting from the mouth, and he's dead. Uh, so you think uh, – yeah, I don't know. I mean, we we talked about that. I It seems like this zombie is not the strongest of zombies. He's skinny. He's, yeah. He's it, long dead. And, and mm-hmm. but I thought that maybe Dale would be an equal to this guy. But you're like, no, Dale's old. Well, Dale's old, A. And B, zombies – will keep coming at you until they're physically unable. Hmm. Like, Dale strain as much as he wants. He's not going to keep this zombie off of him until his muscles rip into pieces, you know? The zombie is coming at him with literally everything that the physical form can muster. Mm-hmm. 
I don't know that I could say that about myself trying to keep this thing off me. Well, I got to try a pig. You get, you get tired. Zombies don't care if their muscles burn. They're just <laughs> right. going to keep trying to eat I'm you. I'm pretty sure zombies are in constant fucking pain. If they're aware of oh, any, yeah. they're, yeah. yeah. So they're, they, they've got a pretty high pain tolerance. <laughs> Certainly. Um, so my thing, here's the biggest miscalculation I think the show made. Okay. Which is they chose to shoot the farm as a whole season. And they did that mm. for budgetary reasons because they just wanted one set of locations and one set of sets. Mm-hmm. I think that weakness will be a strength next season because all all the accounts we've read say that they're moving to the prison. Yeah. That Herschel's Farm is a one fucking comic book shot. Yeah. Yeah. The prison is an entire arc. Mm-hmm. You can set up a shop at the prison with the story that they've got and tell a proper story with exciting points and character development and not just fuck around and be bored inside that prison. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of hopeful that there's a couple set pieces like that in the coming, you know, seasons ahead where I could see them, oh, they could do this and it won't be boring. And they could do that and won't they've got material to go. They've got mm-hmm. material to spare. So I kinda of almost think that it might have been a little bit more expensive, but I wish they'd found a way to spend three three or four episodes at Herschel's farm and then immediately get, jump and spend the rest of the season at the, the prison. Yeah. Because I almost think there's maybe two seasons worth of material at the prison. Well, what they did is they almost reversed the farm and the – the uh, wasn't the, the the housing addition more of a factor in yeah, the comics? Yeah, they could have spent – They could spend a while there. They could have spent an episode there, but I don't think you could have spent more than that. More than a couple, yeah. And that had been all new sets, all new, new new location. I know they did. Well, I mean, that's what they did in season one. They had them at the camp in the woods. They had them downtown. They had them at the CDC. And we yeah. saw a lot of locations in season one. Right. Season two, you're right. It's just the farm. And we know that the budget cuts weren't that important because Glenn Mazzara himself said, mm. you know, the budget cuts are not, they're, they're kind of really overblown. So mm. I don't, I think that they just decided to do that structurally. Or do you think Lynn Mazzara is lying and the budget cuts are hurting? Uh, I don't know. I can't speculate there. All right. Me either. Too much speculation for one episode. I just know that a lot of uh, Hollywood insiders kind of poo-poo the budget cut excuse. Hmm. I know a lot of fans uh, cling to that. Yeah. Like a starving walker as an excuse for why the episodes are perceived to have a lack of quality now. But I really think it's just mostly structural storytelling problems. Well, they, they still cling to Darabont being the fault of season 2.5. Darabont was out. Yeah. Darabont was gone before. It had nothing to do with season 2.5. Uh, let me ask you this. Yeah. Superior so far, not knowing the climax. Mm-hmm. Season 2.0, 2.5. Uh, 2.0 was Sophia. Which I call bullshit on, so 2.5. Agreed. <laughs> There's been one turd of an episode. Everything mm-hmm. else has been average to good. Yep. Whereas there was multiple – there was at least three turd you know, in the t- in the punch bowl for oh, season yeah. 2.0 versus one excellent episode and two solids. And it was a say. small punch bowl. It's mostly turds. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get much punch out of that bowl. It's, <laughs> it's like the zombie in the well. It's mostly well, very little – Yeah. Mostly zombie, yeah. very mostly little zom- well. Yep. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? No, sir. All right. That's this it. is a, a particularly loose and kind of yeah. whatever spoiler section. That's what the spoiler people Wide get. ranging. <laughs> Definitely. Wide ranging conversation. All right. Well, that's it for this week. We'll see you guys next time. Yep.